You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 317. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. vegetables every day because you know they're good for you, wouldn't you want to know what the most nutrient-dense vegetables are? Because maybe if you're struggling to get in enough vegetables each day, you should just be focusing on these 14 most nutrient-dense vegetables. I don't know about you, but I went through the list and now I'm definitely going to be trying a few more of them because if they're the best ones, why not eat them, right? So we're definitely gonna talk about that today. But I also want you to know that there is still time to join the Earn That Body Summer Swaps Challenge. So in the Summer Swaps Challenge, it is for the month of June, July, and August. I have never had a challenge that runs three months long. And the nice thing about it is you can start the challenge at any time. Now the best value is to start sooner than later because you're gonna have access to one, two or three brand new Earn That Body programs, I should say brand new for you, workout programs or fitness challenges. If you've never done my workout programs or fitness challenges before, this is a great way for you to try one, two or three of them in the months of June, July and August. I guess we're already in July now, so for July and August. And the best part is you get to swap during the month. So if you try one workout program and you do all the videos in it, you can then email me and say, now I wanna swap to a different workout program. So it's the best way, the best value to try lots of different workouts. The goal of the challenge is to keep you moving and exercising all summer long. And so a little more encouragement is that I give out prizes each month as well. That's why it doesn't matter. If you didn't get in on June, you can get in for July, you can get in for August, still win prizes, still be encouraged and inspired. Maybe you stopped working out, but you're ready to get back on track. This is just the challenge to do it for you. Go to earnthatbody.com and simply go to the link right in the top header section that says Summer Swaps Challenge, all right? Now, if you own every Earn That Body workout program already, you're like, but I already own them all. You can still join the Summer Swaps Challenge. You won't get any, you get a very discounted rate and basically you have the ability to still earn prizes all summer by doing the Earn That Body workouts you already own. So even you can still participate. All right. So we're gonna talk a lot about vegetables today. We're gonna talk about the best ones you should eat, all of that after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. Now recently in a social media post, there was something about supplements and there was something about the FDA and someone said, well, in fact, Kim, they are regulated. And I keep saying they're not regulated. I always tell people supplements are not regulated by the FDA. And so I thought, you know what? In Eagle's Eye on Health today, I should just clarify what I mean when I say that supplements are not regulated. They are regulated, but they are not regulated, in my opinion, in a proper way. So I wanna make sure you really understand this. The FDA regulates both finished dietary supplement products and dietary ingredients. The FDA regulates dietary supplements 
under a very different set of regulations, however, than those covering conventional foods and drugs. So manufacturers and distributors of dietary supplements and dietary ingredients are prohibited from marketing products that are adulterated or misbranded. That means that these firms are responsible for evaluating the safety and labeling of their products before marketing to ensure that they meet all the requirements of the FDA. Uh, just want to make sure you heard the part that says these firms are responsible for evaluating the safety and labeling of their products before marketing to ensure that they meet these requirements, not the FDA, okay? Then it goes on to say, the FDA has the authority to take action against any adulterated or misbranded dietary supplement product after it reaches the market. After. Okay, this comes from the FDA's website. Just so you know, I just read that straight off the FDA's website. Now, medicine. Things you are prescribed from a doctor. Those things have to be approved by the FDA before they can be sold or marketed. Supplements do not require the same approval. Supplement companies, as I just said, they are responsible for having evidence that their products are safe and the label claims are truthful and not misleading. However, as long as the product does not contain a new dietary ingredient, the company does not have to provide this safety evidence to the FDA before the product is marketed. At the end of the day, what I want you all to understand is the FDA regulates supplements after the fact, meaning these supplements that you might be taking, they can go to market, meaning you can buy them before they're ever looked at by the FDA. And honestly, the FDA is never going to look at them unless someone brings it to their attention that something is wrong with the supplement. So supplements are not like drugs. Drugs cannot go to market without the FDA inspecting them and all kinds of policies and rules to even get to market. But supplements are totally different. So when I say they're not regulated, I mean, you could be ingesting a supplement that has never been looked at by the FDA. And that's a bummer. And the reason that I'm so adamant about not taking too many supplements or any for that matter, I don't take any supplements, is because it concerns me that there are so many supplements out there, hundreds and hundreds and thousands, right? It is a billion dollar market. And unfortunately, we live in a time and we live in a world where anybody will do anything for a buck. And I see what supplements are out there and they claim they do this and they claim they do that. And I look at the ingredients and most of these things should not be taken daily, much less forever. A ton of these supplements have Chinese herbs in them. And I got my master's in Eastern medicine and I studied every single one of those herbs and I can't think of a single herb I've ever studied that said you should take this every day for the rest of your life. So it bothers me, as you know. It is definitely a big thing, and not to mention because many, many, many years ago, I was taking an organic vegan, not that I'm vegan, but it was organic, it was vegan, it was a protein powder, it was sold at Whole Foods, I had it every day, and then Consumer Reports did an article that they found heavy metals in that particular brand and many others, and that 
is when the FDA got involved because that's what it takes. It takes someone else doing a report or a study and finding something wrong with a product for the FDA to get involved. And let me tell you, it's not probably going to come from the supplement company that makes it, even though it should and they're supposed to, but you know what? We live in a time where you're supposed to do a lot of things and that isn't happening, <laughs> but that's like a whole other podcast episode. All right, so just be cautious. Um, if your doctor recommends a dietary supplement for you, okay, then you probably need it, but let your doctor recommend it. Do all the research on your own. Make sure it's coming from a reputable, a reputable brand. Although to me, again, that means nothing because the brand I was having this protein powder for from was a reputable brand, at least so I thought. Um, so do your due diligence, but when you can, avoid supplements, eat real food, eat real vegetables, do what you can to avoid supplements if you possibly can. That's why I created the Eagle Shake. It is a real food protein shake because I stopped using protein powder at that point and I still wanted to have a protein shake. So if you wanna try the real food Eagle protein shake, I have a full recipe book for it, it's totally free. Just go to earnthatbody.com forward slash protein shake and then you can try to be supplement free just like me <laughs> if you want. Hey, we all get to make our own choices. Just because I choose to go supplement free doesn't mean that you have to. But again, it is my job, in my opinion, to educate you as much as possible. So that's everything in the Eagle's Eye on Health. I will get off my soapbox now and I just wanna talk about vegetables. So again, if we're gonna eat vegetables, we may as well eat the ones that are the most nutritious, the most nutrient dense, right? So first of all, as I tell you all the time, you should be eating five servings of vegetables a day. That is the recommended amount. Now that seems like an awful lot to some people, but I want you to realize that a serving size is only half a cup. Half a cup is like barely like a palmful, really, right? Half a cup is not that much. And for leafy greens, they say one cup. If you can never remember that, I just say, remember one cup. God forbid you have too many of your vegetables, right? And you had a cup instead of half a cup, it would probably be okay. <laughs> but it is half a cup for a serving or one cup if it's a leafy green, and you should be having five servings a day. Now, because that just seems very overwhelming for so many people, I'm not sure why, I mean, I get it. Like sometimes I'm cooking and I'm like, oh, I also have to add a vegetable. It's just like one more thing you have to cook. But in general, I try to cook lots of recipes that have the vegetables included. Or I realize that I could easily steam a vegetable and it will take me five minutes. So you just kind of have to get over it because the value for health reasons is so optimal when you take in this nutrition from your vegetables. But I also think that if you're not going to be able to get in five a day, then at least you should pick from these most nutritious ones. Now, most of this information today comes from Healthline. They have this great list of these nutritious vegetables and why they're nutritious. And let's just get right into it. The first one on the list is spinach. And you probably see me post spinach all the time because I put a handful, if not two, into all my Eagle protein shakes. If you would like the free recipe on the Real Food Eagle protein shake, just go to earnthatbody.com forward slash protein shake. Now, Spinach, leafy greens, right? They say that spinach is one of the most nutrient dense vegetables. That's because one cup 
of raw spinach, which we just said one cup, it's a leafy green that would be one serving in a day. It provides 16% of the daily value for vitamin A, plus 120% of the daily value for vitamin K, and it's only seven calories. Now it also has a lot of antioxidants, which may help reduce you reduce your risk of disease. And one study found that dark leafy greens like spinach are high in beta carotene and lutein, two antioxidants that are associated with a decreased risk for cancer. Another study suggested that spinach may benefit heart health by reducing blood pressure. Spinach is a good one team, but I am going to tell you this. How many of you are eating spinach because you heard it is super high in protein? Well, I want to just make sure that you understand that in one cup of spinach, you will get 0.9 grams of protein. That is very, 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 very little. <laughs> so if you are a vegetarian or a vegan and you're telling me, oh, I get enough protein because I eat a ton of spinach, you would have to eat so, so, so much spinach just to get 10 grams of protein. They say you would have to have an entire bunch of spinach, which is 340 grams. Start putting your spinach on your scale and see when you get to 340 grams because that is a lot of spinach, probably too much spinach to take in in one day. So whatever you do, don't be eating spinach for the protein value, but be eating it because it is super nutrient dense with great vitamins and great antioxidants. Number two on the list is carrots. They are packed with vitamin A, delivering 119% of the daily value in just one cup. They also contain beta carotene, which is an antioxidant that provides their awesome orange color and may help prevent cancer. And your body converts this compound into vitamin A. In fact, there was a study of over 57,000 people associated eating at least two to four carrots per week with a 17% lower risk of colorectal cancer in the long run. So everyone, I think some carrots in your day, some carrots in your week are definitely going to benefit you. There was also a review of 18 studies and they found that carrots might also reduce the risk for lung cancer. They've got a lot of nutrients, including potassium, vitamin C, and even vitamin K. Go for it, have some carrots, make it one of your servings, I would say. Don't have all five servings of carrots in a day because they're, they're a little higher in carbohydrates, but definitely a good one to include in the five. Number three is broccoli, and thank God that's a good one because I eat way too much of it for some reason. <laughs> and it's not even because I'm like, there was a point where I literally craved roasted broccoli every single night. But I don't really crave it anymore, probably because I eat it so much, but I do just find it to be a very simple one to either steam or roast, and so I do have it quite often. Now, it is rich in a sulfur-containing plant compound called glucosinolate, all right? You don't have to say it, you just have to eat it. And that is a super important one um, as well because the byproduct of it is sulfurophane. All right, sulforaphane, there you go. Now researchers in animal and test tube studies have extensively explored the sulforaphane's ability to protect against 
cancer. And this cruciferous vegetable might even help prevent other types of chronic diseases. There was a small study that broccoli sprouts decreased levels of several markers of inflammation, which have been linked to chronic conditions like heart disease. Now, one cup of raw broccoli provides 77% of the daily value for vitamin K, 90% of the daily value for vitamin C, and a healthy amount of folate, manganese, and potassium. It is a great one, everyone. Broccoli, so good for you. And just steam it for a few minutes. Once it becomes that bright green color, a little softer, it's ready to go. That takes you like five minutes. Not hard at all. Have it all the time. Number four, garlic. Now you may not consider garlic a vegetable and probably if it was on your food log and you were my client, I wouldn't have counted it as a vegetable, but I'll make you a deal. I will count garlic as a vegetable if you eat five servings of vegetables in a day and if you're counting garlic as one of them. <laughs> How's that? Now, garlic has been used as a medicinal plant for so, 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 so long. And its main active compound is allicin, which has been shown to aid blood sugar and heart health. They did a three-month study on 90 people. Those who took 1,600 milligrams of garlic powder per day had significant reductions in belly fat and decreases in blood pressure and triglyceride levels compared with the placebo group. Garlic powder supplementation also led to improvements in insulin resistance, a condition that may contribute to type 2 diabetes. And then there was a study with 33, or I should say there were a review of 33 studies that found garlic lowered cholesterol levels and improved blood sugar control, which may support those with heart disease or type 2 diabetes. So garlic, so good for you. If nothing else, I mean, it definitely is medicinal in many ways. And for thousands of years, they have been using garlic for medicinal reasons. So go ahead if you want to add a little garlic as your fifth vegetable, I'll accept it because it's so darn good for you. Number five is Brussels sprouts. And like broccoli, Brussels sprouts are a cruciferous vegetable and they contain the same beneficial plant compounds that broccoli did. Now, Brussels sprouts also have a lot of something called camphorol, which is an antioxidant that may be particularly effective in preventing cell damage. It's also been shown to have anti-inflammatory and cancer-fighting properties, which might help you protect against disease. And this veggie is likewise a super awesome source of fiber. And that is an important nutrient because we know it supports bowel regularity, heart health, and blood sugar control. Brussels sprouts are very nutrient dense. Each serving is packed with folate, magnesium, potassium, as well as vitamins A, C, and K. Brussels sprouts are probably my number two go-to during the week. Number one go-to, broccoli. Brussels sprouts, number two. I pretty much roast them just the same way I do my broccoli. I just massage a little olive oil in and cut them usually half, I half them, put them on that baking pan and roast them. And they just come out delicious, pretty simple. They take a little longer than the broccoli to cook through because I like them a little on the crunchy side. Um, but easy, very, very easy. You can throw that in the oven and you can finish making the rest of your dinner. Number six on the list, kale. Now, 
Like other leafy greens, kale is renowned for its nutrient density and, of course, its antioxidant content. One cup of raw kale is loaded with potassium, calcium, copper, vitamins A, B, C, and K. There was a study that showed that eating kale alongside a high-carb meal was more effective at preventing blood sugar spikes than eating a a high-carb meal alone. So it can actually impact blood sugar spikes, which is awesome. So if you know you're gonna have a high-carb dinner, maybe that's one you'll pair with kale as your vegetable. Another study showed that drinking kale juice may decrease blood pressure, cholesterol, and blood sugar levels. Now, I got to be completely honest. I don't love the taste of kale. So I'm not a huge kale eater for like raw in my salad, although I will make a salad and sometimes include kale with many other lettuce greens. But mostly the way that I eat kale, I make it the same way as the broccoli and the Brussels sprouts. I wash it, I chop it up into sort of like inch-sized peaches or a little more. I massage it with olive oil and I bake it and it makes kale chips. Super easy, super fast. Now I will tell you this, you have to make a lot of them because they sort of shrink down. So I will load up an entire baking tray Um, all loaded with little pieces of kale that I get from my garden. That is definitely a great one to grow on your own. And you don't have to cook it very long. Usually about eight minutes in the oven is probably going to do it. Flip it halfway and you got kale chips. So another fantastic vegetable. Number seven, this is one I don't eat very often, but it's on the list. So I might have to start adding it. Green peas. So peas are a starchy vegetable, which is generally why I don't eat them very much. It means they have more carbohydrates and calories than a non-starchy veggie. And that can impact your blood sugar levels if you eat these in large amounts. But green peas are incredibly nutritious. Just one cup contains nine grams of fiber, and that is a lot, you guys. I'm gonna tell you some more fibers on vegetables, and you're gonna see none of them hit a full nine grams. So nine grams of fiber, fantastic. It also has nine grams of protein, which is very high for a vegetable. As I said before, spinach had 0.9 grams of protein, right? And this one, peas, nine. So it has a lot of protein. And it has vitamins A, C, K, it has riboflavin, thiamine, niacin, and folate. Now, because peas are high in fiber, they support digestive health by enhancing the beneficial bacteria in your gut and promoting regular bowel movements. Who doesn't want that? We never wanna be backed up. So peas would be a good one because again, they are on the starchy side. I would limit it to one of your five servings in a day. Number eight, Swiss chard. Another one I love to grow in the garden. I hate to say this, but I kind of love to grow it because it's gorgeous. It either has the big yellow stalks or the gorgeous red pink stalks, and it just looks amazing. Swiss chard is super easy to grow. So if you are interested in starting your own in the garden, definitely add a little Swiss chard because it really is an easy one to grow. It's low in calories, but it has a lot of essential vitamins and minerals. So just one cup of this veggie contains seven calories. So none of these are a high calorie food by any means. 
and it has about one gram of fiber. See, in relation to those peas that had nine grams, Swiss chard only has one, but hey, fiber is fiber. It only has one gram of protein, but still, that is protein. But it has lots of manganese, magnesium, vitamins A, C, and K. It's also loaded with health-promoting antioxidants and plant compounds, including betalanes and flavonoids. So this veggie may help prevent damage caused by type 2 diabetes, though human studies are still needed on that. But in older study in rats, Swiss chard extract reduced oxidative stress caused by high blood pressure blood sugar levels in the lungs. And in another rat study, chard extract helped improve blood sugar levels and reduce oxidative stress. Overall, Swiss chard, it is packed with vitamins and minerals, guys. So don't be afraid to have it because it is definitely a good one for you. I am kind of a believer that the vegetables with the brightest colors are the best for you. And I'm telling you, grow this one and you will see the colors that I am talking about. Number nine, speaking of colors, beets. I absolutely love beets. Again, I grow them in the garden. They are a vibrant red, deep red pink color typically. And they have fiber, they have folate, they have manganese, and they have very few calories. They're also rich in nitrates, which your body converts into nitric oxide, which is a compound that can help dilate blood vessels. And according to a review of 11 studies, these nitrates in beet juice may help lower blood pressure levels. In turn, that might lower your risk of heart disease. What's more than that is that the beets and their juice have been linked to improved endurance and athletic performance. Now, instead of going out and buying all these different tinctures and supplements that are beets, just go get the real deal. Either grow them yourself, another one that grows pretty easily, or buy the entire beet. If you like to do juicing, this is a great one to juice. Uh, that color, again, it's spectacular. And again, if it's a bright, beautiful color, it probably has a ton of nutrients for you. So beets are fantastic. Number 10 on the list, asparagus. Now, asparagus is a very interesting vegetable. One I have yet to grow in the garden because I don't know if you know this, the asparagus grows right out of the ground. And when you plant it, it can take three years before you can actually harvest your first asparagus. But everyone has told me, that the asparagus you grow in the garden tastes unbelievable compared to what you buy in the markets. So now that I've moved and I have just set up my new garden, I am gonna pick a location. It has to be a dedicated asparagus location because it takes three years, right? And then you can't move it. It's gonna keep coming and coming every year once you put it in that spot. So I'm gonna give it a try because I'm dying to hear, I'm dying to taste what everybody's talking about. Now, I like asparagus, I don't love asparagus. I probably have it every other week, more so because my husband will cook it. It's not my favorite to cook either, but you guys, it is rich in vitamins and minerals, and it is an excellent thing that you can add to pretty much any diet out there. A half a cup of asparagus cooked provides 33% of the daily value for folate, and it has a lot of selenium, vitamin K, thiamine, and riboflavin. And getting enough folate from foods like asparagus may protect against disease and prevent 
developmental irregularities of the neural tube during pregnancy. It is why during pregnancy you are told to take a lot of folate and you could definitely be adding lots of asparagus while pregnant. One animal study also suggests that asparagus extract protects against liver and kidney damage by reducing oxidative stress. Whenever they talk about these extracts, just so you know, I, I'm not a believer in anything but the real actual vegetable. Not the extract that they made into this high potent thing, but again, these studies show that there's value in it, so you know, you can, you can certainly eat anything you want to, but I always say go get the actual vegetable as fresh as you possibly can. So go to the farmer's market. If you're not gonna grow it yourself, go to the farmer's market. Get it as local as possible because it is going to taste the best when it is the most local and fresh. Number 11 on our vegetable list is red cabbage. I mean, just listen to what I said. Red and anything with a bright, beautiful color is likely nutritious, right? Red cabbage is another one of those cruciferous vegetables with antioxidants and beneficial properties. One cup of red cabbage raw contains two grams of fiber and 56% of the daily value for vitamin C. Now, red cabbage is also very rich in anthocyanins, and that is a group of plant compounds that contribute to its distinct color and numerous benefits. In one animal study, red cabbage extract, they love using extracts, reversed oxidative stress in rats with high cholesterol levels. And in another study in mice, they fed a high fat diet to them. Red cabbage microgreens significantly lowered their levels of LDL, which is the bad cholesterol and decreased weight gain. So red cabbage, it is not one I eat too often. My husband usually includes it in certain recipes that he makes. But if it's gorgeous, and I'm telling you that color is pretty gorgeous, then it is likely good for you. So we probably need to add a little more red cabbage. I actually have two in the garden this year. I've never grown cabbage before. It would be amazing if they grew into a full cabbage. If they do, I promise to eat the entire thing. I will find every cabbage recipe out there. I will not waste it. I promise. <laughs> Number 12, sweet potatoes. Now this I grow in the garden as well. Sweet potatoes, again, cut it open. What do you see? A beautiful, vibrant orange color. They are sweet when you cook them. Oh, I love the smell of a sweet potato when I'm cooking it in the house. I love the taste of it. And they have incredible health benefits. Now one medium sweet potato contains about four grams of fiber. I just want to just go back and remind you that those peas had nine grams of fiber, remember? Now we're up to sweet potatoes and it, we're coming back to higher fiber, but it's four grams, which, which is pretty good, I'm going to say. It has two grams of protein, not the nine grams of protein that the peas had, but two. And it has a great amount of potassium, manganese, and vitamin B6 and C. Now this root veggie is very high in beta carotene, which your body converts into vitamin A, and one sweet potato packs 132% of the daily value for this vitamin. So pretty awesome, tastes delicious, goes with a million wonderful recipes, or sometimes when I just don't want to cook a recipe, I will just have like a basic baked chicken and I will 
cook a sweet potato and usually add some greens as well and that's it and it's delicious so it is a simple thing to cook you throw it in the oven for about 45 minutes and and it's done wonderful delicious vibrant color always means very nutritious right number 13 we are almost done collard greens now let's talk about collard greens i never ate collard greens in my life until i started gardening and for some reason i don't know if i was at the the nursery and saw them and said oh i'll try them i grew them they grew absolutely enormous in texas when i lived there and i had so much collard greens and i looked online and i found the absolute best recipe ever from I th cookie and kate cookie and kate they have a great collards recipe and so now i cannot go without collards because i usually i have to have this recipe every few weeks so i hope my collards take off again in my garden here just one cup of collard greens has about six grams of fiber. So we're building on that fiber again. It has four grams of protein and 25% of the daily value for calcium. Now collard greens are one of the best plant sources of calcium and that calcium is a mineral that has a key role in muscle function, nerve transmission, hormone production, and bone health. Collard greens are also very high in antioxidants and they may reduce your risk of certain diseases. So definitely try them if you never have before. Some people like to do use them as a wrap because they're these huge green leaves and so you can actually wrap something in them like a sandwich. Um, I tried that once and I didn't, I didn't really love it that way, but I am telling you, get the Cookie and Kate recipe for the collard greens and you will fall in love with collards. Now the very last one on our list, most nutritious vegetables, the 14, the number 14 is cauliflower. So cauliflower is known definitely for its versatility, for its nutrient profile as well. Just one cup of cauliflower cooked has three grams of fiber, three grams of protein, and a ton of other nutrients, including folate and vitamins C and K. Like other cruciferous vegetables, it is a great source of compounds like gluconosylates, isothiocyanates. I mean, thank God you don't have to say these things. It's easier to just say cauliflower, both of which possess cancer-fighting properties. It's also used as a low-carb, low-calorie alternative to many ingredients, as you probably know, like rice, potatoes, and flour. It may promote weight loss. They say may, so then just realize that more studies need to be done. In my opinion, I wouldn't be eating cauliflower to lose weight. I would be eating cauliflower because it is a very healthy vegetable, all right? Now, I recently made a cauliflower mashed potato, and that was really good. I personally haven't found a cauliflower recipe I absolutely love. This mashed potato recipe is the closest I could get. If you have an amazing way that you cook cauliflower, please, 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 please post it on my social media when I post this podcast or send me a message or an email because I'm always looking for new ways to cook cauliflower. I want to eat it more because I know it's so nutritious, but I just haven't found a good one for it that, that I love personally. Now, Bottom line, all vegetables are good for you, right? So many things that you want 
for your body are in vegetables. They have vitamins, they have antioxidants, they have minerals. They promote so many health properties and help fight certain diseases. And although the veggies that we listed above are considered the most nutrient dense, all vegetables are so great for you. But what I like about this list is that it sort of makes you think about, for me at least, it made me think about, well, what do I already eat and what might I actually pick up now the next time I go to the farmer's market? I might look at that cauliflower and say, hey, I'm gonna give this another chance because it is so nutritious, right? Or maybe you're gonna look in the market and you're gonna say, look at the gorgeous red color in those beets. Kim says that that gorgeous color means it's super nutritious. I'm telling you, everything that has a bright color is good for you. I can't think of anything that's not. Chocolate doesn't have a good bright color. Sorry, guys. <laughs> but, you know, maybe you try those beets. Maybe you juice it. Maybe you steam them, boil them, put them in a salad. But these are awesome, delicious vegetables. So find a way to make them that you enjoy. But again, five servings a day. Don't make it more than it is. It's only half a cup or one cup if it's a leafy green. And honestly, fill your plate with vegetables. You do not have to be a vegetarian to eat vegetables. And I actually always think it's super funny that most vegetarian clients that I have do not eat nearly enough vegetables. <laughs> but you should be filling your plate at least half full with vegetables, but do include a healthy protein, do include a healthy carbohydrate, do include a healthy fat, and always vegetables with all meals. That's it, team. I hope you have a fantastic week ahead. It is summer schedule for the podcast, so just remember that I will be sort of going back and forth from new episodes like today to bringing back some old popular episodes as well because I know you're very busy and you might not be able to listen to lots of podcasts this summer, but some of the past ones actually many people haven't heard before because maybe you just became a recent follower or maybe you have heard it before but definitely could listen again to because we, sometimes we forget a few things. So that's it for today. Looking forward to our next podcast episode. The Earn That Body podcast is always here to bring you health, fitness, and nutrition information you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. Thank you.